As a non-commercial radio station, Ken's FM survives in large part by the generosity of listeners like you, who value public radio and have become a member. Your donation continues to allow us to support local artists and musicians and play the music you want to hear, not what advertisers think we should play. It enables us to broadcast feature story news so you can hear the news, not opinions. Public radio doesn't have an agenda. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday night. It is Attitude Air Live, and you have just broken into your radio station. And this is this is Ken's FM eighty nine point one Ken's FM, where we join you every Monday night, and everything is wonderful. And with us, as always, we have our friend Granny Hulkster. How are you, Granny? I'm doing well, Icon, and it's great to be here with you all on eighty nine point one Ken's FM. And we love you as well. And uh, Matthias is here with us. How are you? Well, trying to recover from a grueling matchup with Hotshot Danny Duggan last Friday and working the weekend and startup work this week. I'm ready to uh, have another great radio show. Let's get it done. All right. Well, as everybody knows, every Monday night we come to you live on 89.1 Ken's FM. And uh, we have a big show tonight. Uh, we have director James uh, Bessonis. We have... Uh, Latita Ray, and we have Sean Thompson with us as well, and uh, we have uh, we have one director, one actor, um, and we have one musician as well, and uh, they're going to talk to us about their careers when they're on with us in about uh, 15 minutes. But in the meantime, let's catch up with Granny. What is new in Granny's life? Tell us. Well, I am getting ready for my big trip to Texas for WrestleMania. We are going to be leaving March 31st and coming back on April 4th. My family and I got to meet Ted DiBiase and Booker T over the weekend at a Comic-Con here in Rogers, Arkansas. It's absolutely amazing. I can't can't wait. I, I, I am... I have been looking so forward to this trip, and I'm just, I am so excited. I'm so excited for Anthony to see the expression on his face, like the day we go to WrestleCon, and just, you know, I I, I just can't wait. I'm I'm really excited. We're really excited. So. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, in that, I know that's going to be a good trip, and uh, uh, the show, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, you know, we've been on Ken's FM since August, uh, August uh, 9th, as a matter of fact. And uh, before that, uh, Big Swing and I started this show, uh, well, let's see, I think we're going on our sixth year at this point. And we, at the show here, started the Monday after WrestleMania. We started, uh, basically started the show, it started with two guys, uh in their basement, no, in, not in their basement, sorry, in their garage talking about uh, wrestling and how bad the WWE was every Monday night. And then I became a call-in listener. Uh, I, I became a listener and then a call-in guy. 
And then uh, after calling in for several weeks, they just said, why don't you just be part of the show? And I joined that, uh, at that time. And uh, Granny, of course, uh, we had one of her friends on with us. I believe it was, was it Kelsey Stackhouse, I believe? Kelsey Stackhouse, Sam Stackhouse was Kelsey, my very good friend Kelsey. I called in and to listen you... to the show, and you all asked me to become a part of the podcast. You know, at the time we were doing the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, you know, and I've been here ever since, so... And then, of course, uh, Matthias, uh, um, he started out, uh, he and I started out at Friends on the Grin Iron, which, of course, is the football field. Uh, and then uh, he became part of the show. Uh, let's see, how long have you been with us now? Well, I just started, oh, goodness. It was, I've been at least for a couple of months, I'm assuming. I think it was the beginning of this year. I, I was, think so. Yeah, something like that, between December and January, I'd, I'd have to check up on that but yeah it's been a few months at least since i've been uh, a host on this show because what i remember is uh the the day after you started we had uh we had like storm number eight or something here in fargo yeah i recall it was something like that yeah like i said it's been a few months i just can't place the exact very first show i was on and uh in that uh time we've we've had a great uh experience here <clears throat> on 89.1 kens fm the coolest radio station publicly transmitted radio station and uh we're here to entertain you every monday night from 9 p.m to 11 p.m central standard time and we're just waiting for our first guest to um show up and they'll be calling in shortly but let's catch up with matthias and what has matthias been doing up uh this weekend i heard you had a grueling match huh Yes, well, for Puffamania, Slugfest, uh, and Valley City Friday night, in the main event, I took on Hotshot Danny Duggan in a no-holds-barred contest. And as you can see by the, my forehead, uh, barbed wire was not uh, a very, very good friend of mine. And the finish of the match was I went through, or I was supposed to go through a table uh, that was covered in thumbtacks. Well, we covered the table in thumbtacks, and I hit the table, but the uh, table did not break. So covered in blood, covered in ketchup, mustard, sweat, tears, all that kind of stuff. It was a grueling matchup. I had many thumbtacks stuck in my back when I sat up after falling off of the table and then been recovering ever since and went to work today, and now I'm just ready to do another show. Wow. Uh, so, uh he goes from uh, Matthias the Human Wrecking Machine to Matthias the Human Pincushion. <laughs> yeah, you're darn right. Yeah, but it was it was it was bad because I like we we had so many different weapons thrown around the ring. We had we had a great crowd there that night. The the fans were definitely into it, and they were just going crazy for each weapon that we had. We went from kendo sticks to thumbtacks to chairs to tables to barbed wire baseball bats. And the crowd was just going, and then we did ketchup and mustard. It got in my eyes, which stung. But other than that, the crowd was just completely into it. it, it the crowd went crazy, especially when I hit the table. Everyone thought, like, I was dead or something because I just laid there flat because I thought I was going to go through it, but I didn't. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Granny mentioned that uh, she'll be going to WrestleMania. And, uh, of course, Granny, you said you've never been to WrestleMania before. It no, looks like it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty, uh, 
pre, uh, pretty uh, loaded card that uh, you'll get to see. And well, I'm, I'm yeah, actually and jealous. our tickets, our tickets are for night two on April third. Is when our tickets are for. So, you know, another two day event. You know, of course, and so we'll probably hang out and watch WrestleMania in our hotel room. Uh, you know. Saturday night, and then Sunday we'll be at AT&T Stadium Live, you know, for the big event. So, I can't wait. So, now, are, are they doing two days of wrestling, too, then, or is it just uh, a yeah. two-day event? Yeah, yeah. well, that, I mean, they're doing all sorts of wrestling, like starting on the 31st of March, leading up to WrestleMania. There are so many independent shows they're going to be doing wrestling shows during the day, during the evening, during the afternoon. Um, Booker T's uh, group of guys, Reality of Wrestling, they are teaming up with World Class Pro Wrestling in Irving, Texas, and they're going to be doing about four different shows. They're going to be doing show wrestling shows during WrestleCon. Now, session two, that is just for only if you got what they called the super fan package, where you got to basically attend all four sessions of WrestleCon and all the different shows and just, you know, it, it's, it, uh, you know, session two is just strictly for the people that purchase the super fan package. And I tell you, if, if I would have had the money, I would have liked to have been able to purchase that package. But by the time I found out about it, the price of that package deal was like $129. <laughs> and now it's like $139 compared so, to you, the $40 for one day that you go to WrestleCon. So now uh, you're going uh, you're going to the, the uh, on April 2nd, correct? No, April 3rd. April third, because it looks like, yeah, because when I'm looking at this, according to Saturday, it says Saturday, April second, the matches are Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair, uh, the KO Show, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and uh, the Miz and Logan Paul versus Ray and uh, uh, Ray and his son Mr. Dominic. Mr. Dominic Dominic and Drew McIntyre. They're saying that's on Saturday, but that's not right, is it? You're on, you're actually on Sunday, right? Yeah, we're Sunday. going on Sunday, but that's probably Saturday's lineup. Yeah, because they're supposed to do the KO show Saturday, Kevin Owens and Steve Austin. That's going to be on so Saturday. So you're not going to be able to see that. Well, we will if we, uh, because we're going to have um, access to where we can watch uh, WrestleMania on Peacock. So while we're at the hotel, so. All right. Well, it looks like um, uh, we're going to be going to our first guest here in a little bit, but we have to take a quick little time out uh, to hear from a um, a word from our sponsor, and then we'll have our first guest. So give us about 30 seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, the new clocks are here. The new clocks are here. Yes, for a limited time, you can get your very own 89.1 Ken's FM clock. For a $25 donation, you can get a classic analog round-faced clock with the 89.1 Ken's FM logo on the front. 
Just go to our website, www.kensfm.com, and under the More Merch tab, you will find the clocks along with numerous other new merch you can order. Get yours now while supplies last. We have these in limited quantity, so order now at www.kensfm.com. And uh, we do have a little a assignment for you. If you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Attitude Era Monday Live Monday, you like that. You go to Ken's page, 89.1 Ken's FM, like that. Do a $10 month donation, Power to the Tower, and we'll get you automatically qualified to win an autograph from a future guest, a current guest, or a past guest. And speaking of current guests, he is ready in the wings. He is stepping out of the green room, walking down the aisle right now, about to enter the ring with us. He is the greatest up-and-coming director in Hollywood today. And the big screen and the little screen will not know what hit him in the next year and a half. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you our guest at this time. He is James Bessinus. Hey, this is James Bessinus. You're listening to Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 81.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, and the granny Hulkster. Hey, how's it going? Good, Good. James. How are you? Well, I'm uh, nervous, but I'm excited. Well, this is actually your third time on the show, so uh, uh, by the time uh, it's all said and done, we're definitely going to have you become a member of the Five Timers Club because we're definitely <laughs> going to have you on uh, several times throughout the next couple of years, because, and we're going to talk about why that is. Uh, James Messinas is our guest here, and we have exactly 32 minutes. So let's, uh, we're going to talk about a couple of projects that you got. Uh, but uh, what we're going to do here is have you give a little background about yourself, and then uh, I'll ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and we'll talk about these projects, and then I'm going to try and get a job. So uh, go ahead, uh, James, give <laughs> us a little background. Okay. Well, I, uh, I am currently living out in Phoenix, Arizona right now. I... Uh, Joined uh, the military back in 07, served seven and a half years, got wounded in Iraq, uh, got out of the military, wasn't sure what to do with my life. I uh, helped my dad uh, here at our church here uh, doing stuff here and there. And uh, I made a promotional video, loved it so much, I decided I wanted to get into the business of making movies and doing stuff like that. So I went to school for film and TV. Uh, they had another uh, class there on radio, so I went through that, uh, decided to go to audio school, and then fin- finally had a- enough on my GI Bill, so I uh, did game design and got an associate's degree in that. Uh, then uh, I went, uh, I-, I wasn't sure what to do with it, how to get into the business, but uh, I, uh, fa- I found a, uh organization that helps actors, and we had a conference I uh, didn't think I was good enough to actually get noticed by any agents in Hollywood, but I got a, uh agent in Hollywood said, hey, you know what, you uh, you could uh, stay really busy in Hollywood with your presence and, and uh, your talent, uh, but you just don't have enough on your resume. Why don't you uh, uh, build up your resume? And then we got talking. We, uh, she told me of an idea of a, uh, of a perfect movie for me to be in and it gave me an idea to make a TV show, which is uh, what we talked about last time I was on here. And uh, I started working towards uh, getting into making my own movies uh, after, uh, after I started my own production company. And that's where I'm at right now. 
And uh, that, that's actually pretty impressive. Uh, I've uh, I've actually never heard of audio school, which I think is really cool. And uh, you know, you went to gaming school. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that too. But uh, before we uh, before we go on, uh, Granny, uh, we're we're going to open up the questions early because uh, uh, <laughs> when we talk about his upcoming projects, that'll open up more questions. So, Granny, we have our guest. Go ahead. Well, uh, glad to have you on our show again. Um, it's a pleasure to have you here. So, My pleasure. I mean, the different movies or things that you've done, what has been one of your most favorite things to do, whether it be a movie, documentary, TV show? I mean, what's your most favorite thing that you've done in your career? Uh, Besides being our this show, because that's also <laughs> well. I mean, that's a given. I didn't, I didn't think I had to mention that, but uh, <laughs> the uh, I, I mean, it's all so much fun because I mean, not only are you a grown adult getting to be able to play make believe, but you uh, you're, you're getting to tell a story, and uh, and it's so much fun just to tell the story. And I think the the coolest part about it and the most fun is to create something <laughs> that. Uh, once you put it on screen, looks totally different than how you actually did it. For example, we did one scene where uh, we had a contract with the person that owned the horses, but we used up everything that we could do, and we had to do one scene where the actress was sitting up on the horse, and we, my the I was actually uh, assisting in this one. The, the head director didn't know exactly what to do, and I said, I got an idea. And I said, why don't we put her up on my shoulders, and uh, we'll just pretend like she's sitting up on the horse, uh, up on my shoulders. So that's what we ended up doing, and it made it look like she was still sitting on her horse. It was, I mean, doing stuff like that is actually pretty cool. And in the audio side, uh, actually creating sounds uh, from random uh, objects to make it sound like something uh that's called Foley. Uh, I, I actually love doing that type of stuff, too. That's awesome. Uh, James uh, Besinus is our guest here, and uh, we are on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about uh, 28 minutes. Now, uh, if you ever do a military movie, uh, James, I have a guy that would be a perfect extra for you, and it's not me because I'm, I'm going for the bigger <laughs> stuff, but we'll talk about that in a second. But, uh, Matthias, what do you have for our guest here? Uh, I think you'd be a great military guy uh, in a – And thank you like for a, your uh, service, by the way, too. Yeah, thank you. Definitely That's thank you for honor. your service. Uh, my honor. Uh, Matthias, what do you have for our guest? Go ahead. Uh, pitch yourself for, uh, for like a military-type role. Well, Icon, I guess I just want to thank you for kind of upping, you know, my body, like trying to give me some confidence to uh, do a military-style role. I know I know, I look good, and I could look good in a uniform. Um, but first, I want to thank you for being on the show. It's all it's always a pleasure to have um, somebody that we have shared similar interests with or I share similar interests with on the show. Um, I guess I just have to quickly ask, because Granny kind of took my kind of one of my questions, when you're working like on a project, what have you found to be one of your most uh, difficult procedures? Like whether it's directing, producing, trying to write something, trying to make a sound effect. Like what would be one of your more difficult challenges on a project? Well, if you ask any producer, the biggest challenge is fundraising. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's okay. Like, that's what I'm working on. I'm uh, trying. I've got several different. Uh, 
things going right now trying to raise funds and man it's like pulling teeth right now okay okay and then um well i guess kind of granny also took that other question like i was going to say but uh if you could i'm trying to think of another question here like another way to reword it what would you say would be one of your more projects that or one of the projects you would try to do more of like if you could do more documentaries more movies more TV shows, like, is there a specific kind of that you prefer more, or do you kind of just like doing anything in general? Well, all of them are a lot of fun to do, but I, I personally, I would really, really like to do a lot more history movies uh, type, like like the one project that, that we're going to be talking about here shortly. You know, I want to I want to do a lot of history, like teaching people what actually happened in history, not just making up a some type of fictional thing that is his, you know, the history uh, in quotations. Uh, Would but there actual, be a specific? Uh, go, ahead. <clears throat> go ahead. Oh, I'm that's it. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, what would be? Uh, since I'm also a history kind of buff, what would be one kind of part uh, part of history would you really like to cover that you'd be really interested in studying? Because for me, I like studying history, and one of my favorite things was, I mean, because I I learned about it growing up, was the Titanic sinking and learning stuff about that so like what would be kind of an event in history that you would like to cover at most well i always loved american history just because i love my country you know and that's uh, the whole uh-huh. my whole kind of love is uh, through that and you know i there's other things in history that i'll i'll probably eventually get to but i really want to teach people the actual history of what we got uh what actually happened in history versus what people are saying happened in history and um like uh World War II history is one of my favorite things to go to, but it seems like everybody does that. And I want to be able to, uh, you know, touch a little bit on that because I got my grandfather who uh, fought in the Philippine Islands during World War II. I want to tell his story one of these days and just do a whole uh, life uh, of my grandfather on uh, in World War II. But I also want to uh, do uh, the other wars that we don't see a whole lot of. Like, uh, we don't see okay. a whole lot about the Korean War. We don't see a whole lot about the War of 1812. We don't see a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of uh, stuff about uh, the Revolutionary War and the in- French and Indian Wars. You know, I, I love to uh, show the history through movies on that. Okay, okay, cool. And, you know, it would be cool if you did a movie about the War of 1812. That way people would stop asking, what was the year, what year was the War of 1812? I think, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, we well, have uh, James. Uh, yeah, uh, we have James beside us as our guest here, and we got about uh, 24 minutes. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about uh, the TV show that you're working on, and then we're going to go into uh, uh, a lot of detail about uh, the movie that you're you're going to be making. And like I say, uh, our fans know it's coming. I'm going to try and get a position or a job of some sort. So now the the TV show that you're doing is called is it the Unsuspects? Correct. It's like a detective show. Is that uh, right? It's called Unsuspected. It is uh, Unsuspected. Yes. It's actually, yeah, it's actually a uh, an assassin TV series. And uh, what it is uh, basically what happened from uh, uh, what's happened from the last time I was on till now is that. Um, we had an issue with our cinematographer, and uh, so I ended up having to scrap the pilot that we were shooting, and we, I had to get a new writer because my other writer uh, wasn't able to uh, stay committed to it. My new writer, he jumped in with both feet and plus some, 
and he's rewriting uh, everything. He's already got the pilot finished. He's work, He's almost done with episode two, and uh, we're, we're we put that on the back burner because he wants all twelve episodes written before we move forward uh, from there. Uh, but uh, basically, what it is is it's this guy that seems average, seems normal. You don't suspect him to be anything more than just a standard citizen, but really, behind the scenes, he's an assassin who's trying to stop these invaders that are trying to destroy the American uh, civilization and as we know it and take away our freedoms and stuff like that. And uh, I do believe that uh, you have a, a local, uh, a local uh, actor, uh, from Fargo here as one of the one of the mm. stars, or, well not stars, but one of the uh, actors in the the show, correct? Right. Uh, he was uh, one of my background actors. I'm uh, once we reshoot the uh, pilot, I'm going to be pulling them back in and uh, hopefully give them a bigger part than what I uh, originally had because when we shot the pilot, uh, he came in like right in the middle of us shooting it because I needed more actors and he was able to come and fill in. But now uh, that uh, I've, uh, I've seen him and uh, what he can do, I'm uh, hoping to give him a bigger role, maybe even give him, get him in more episodes than just the pilot. And, uh, you know, one, um, uh, to make the show really big, uh, you know, uh, I, I would definitely love to be part of that as well. You know, if you have, like, a guy that, uh, like, gets shot at the beginning of an episode, uh, I guarantee everybody... Uh, every one of my fans would run to their TV just to watch that happen. Watch me get it, as they say. <laughs> yes, uh, we've got plenty of assassinations that happen throughout the show, and uh, I'm sure we could fit you into one of those slots. <laughs> but uh, that uh, when uh, when would you say is uh, you're uh, wanting to launch that and uh, get that going on uh, TV? What would your time frame be? Uh, I, w- I was hoping to be able to have that done within the next couple of years, but with uh, the fact that my writer wants to get all 12 of them, which is actually makes sense because if we're going to pitch it to a, a company to invest in it, they're going to want to see the all 12 episodes. So, um, you know, that, that might be uh, around 2026 before we'll uh, shoot that. And let me ask you this. What would be, like, your ideal time slot? Like, what day and time would uh, be your ideal uh, time for that uh, and to be on, the, on TV? Well, I've, I find that uh, I'll, uh, the prime time about, like, 5 or 6 p.m. is, like, perfect because most people are, like, that's when they're setting, settling down to start watching uh, TV shows. And we want ours to be the first one that they want to go to, so that's be about the time slot that I'm hoping for. You know, you know, you guys, you know what would be perfect for him if he were to be on uh, USA Network 6 p.m. on Monday nights, just before Monday Night Raw. That would be awesome. Yeah, then uh, then you can uh, uh, appear on there and uh, promote the show, and then uh, we we have you get killed uh, and. Uh, there you go. Promotion for <laughs> and I could be a two place. I could be at two places at once. Uh, well, exactly. let's uh, 
the uh, we have uh, uh, James uh, besides as our guest here. We got 19 minutes here on 89.1 Ken's FM. Now the reason why uh, we're here is to talk about uh, the movie that a project that you're really passionate about, and uh, I am as well. And I believe it's called America's Song. Let's talk a little bit about that, and then we can go through uh, the premise and uh, all the good stuff that goes with that movie that you're going to make. Well, that's uh, it's kind of funny because uh, you guys were saying that uh, you want you wanted more movies about War of 1812. Well, this one is the uh, uh, history of, of War of 1812, but <clears throat> we're, we're focusing on specifically the making of the Star Spangled Banner. What we're uh, wanting to do is uh, we see a lot of people who want to say that our flag is racist, our country is racist, and all that type of stuff. And I want them to learn the history of our, of our uh, song, uh, Star Spangled Banner, and see that our flag and our country is not racist, that both free and slave, everybody uh, that fought was an American that fought for our country because of the love of their country, and they died for their country. And it's the love of our country is the, uh, and the of course the brave men who fought and died, the, the, uh, the whole attitude of the people of the day, is what was written into that song. And the and it's it conveys the feeling that people had when those British ships were bombing that Fort McHenry. Uh, for 25 hours straight, and then to see on September 14, 1814, the sun coming up, and you see that that star-spangled banner, the flag still waving on the fort, saying, "We will not fall. We will not give up. We are still here. You didn't defeat us." And just that feeling that they had at that time uh, when Francis Scott Key was looking at that flag, saying, "It's still there." You know, I, I get excited just thinking about that and talking about it. But. So with, with this, with, with the movie, uh, so basically you'd probably have, uh, you know, you'd, you'd have uh, the soldiers, obviously, and uh, you'd probably have mm-hmm. someone playing Francis Scott Key, correct? Correct. And then, uh, of course, you'd probably do the uh, Alfred Hitchcock thing because you served your country. I mean, you'd, you'd probably have a role in there as well. Uh and uh, you know, of course, and like I say, our fans knew this was coming. Uh, I, I would love to be an extra in this film, you know, because uh, both my uncles served uh, in the in the military. Both uh, uh, they served in the Korean conflict, and my father served uh, 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 during the Vietnam War and also during the first Gulf War. And uh, you know, as a as a young kid. Uh, I learned uh, early that Memorial Day was not an extra day off of school. It was a, a day to uh, celebrate the lives of our fallen uh, soldiers. And uh, a lot of uh, people still think it's an extra day at the lake or it's an extra day off of school or it's a day off of work, but I learned early on that it's more than that. And uh, so uh, what would you um, would you want to have uh, – have it uh, like a, a like a two hour movie, uh, and like do like do you want to have it on the on the big screen? Or do you want to have it like a movie of the week? What would your goal be on that? Well, first of all, I think that the most important thing is that we need to educate uh, all the young American generations because, as you said, they think that it's a day off, 
and we need to educate them. They need to understand what our history really is, and then maybe they'll appreciate uh, these holidays a lot more. But secondly, you know, um, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll be able to get this in several different facets, you know, get it on Netflix, get it uh, on maybe like a USA. Uh, uh, one of uh, the people that I've been working with said that he, PBS might be able to pick it up and we'll get, get it on several different uh, channels. And I want it to reach every corner of the United States. It would also be cool to get it out to other countries so they can see uh, how dedicated our uh, our country was and maybe uh, put a little more appreciation for America into their hearts because I know a lot of Americans have kind of ruined that with other countries, but kind of appreciate uh, what our uh, country went through. I remember watching a video online about the a uh, dramatized version of the writing of the national anthem, and it was somebody, uh, I think in New Zealand, that was doing a reaction video, and just seeing their reaction to it, it's like, I, other countries need to know about it, too, because they need to see what our country went through to be founded. That We're not just some arrogant uh, people, but there's a reason why we are, have a national pride for our country. That's awesome. Now, uh, and then would you uh, uh, want to like uh, go to like different film festivals all over the country and uh, enter it in film festivals and uh, go from here, go to there, like hit all fifty states? Uh, that would be an awesome thing to do as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it would be uh, great just to uh, get it in front of more uh, people that would uh, uh, dis- distribute it, because then uh, we could actually pick up. Places that I didn't even think about, where they'll see it and they're like, "Hey, you know what? We we need to get that on our channel because we need people to see that." You know, and so yeah, I mean, definitely want to do that. I've got a, an excellent AD, our assistant director, who knows how to do all this type of stuff. So she's going to be my my heavy hitter in this whole project to make sure that we get this done and get this get things out to where they need to go. And uh, by doing that, uh, you uh, do plan on um, uh, uh, setting it up so that uh, uh, you know it'll be it'll be a big turnout, and then uh, you know you'll have like uh, you know like distributions on DVDs and Blu-rays and uh, all types of formats, correct? Yeah, that's uh, that's our goal. We want to get every every facet that we can get to. Uh, fill in all the cracks, as I'd like to say, so that we get it to every possibility that uh, everybody will get to see it that needs to see it. And then uh, have you have you already started writing it, or is that in the uh, developmental stages at this time? I've already written the first draft. Uh, what I, I uh, bought two biographies to uh, work from. Uh, I've written the first one uh, after reading the first biography, and now I've got the second biography, which is a lot bigger and it's a lot older, which which is was my key. Is I wanted to get an older biography that would would not have been uh, tainted by people who want to change history. Uh, so I I bought one that's back from 1939, uh, and I'm going through that one now, and uh, I will be uh, going through the second draft, and hopefully we'll have that done here in the next month or so. And then uh, once I get it 
to my proofreaders, uh, have them go through it, and then I'll do my final draft, uh, which will be the final polish, making sure everything runs smoothly and uh, has good consistency. And then uh, I will uh, hopefully be able to put that in front of investors also. I've got a a fundraising uh, director who's uh, working on getting uh, funds by uh, organizations, not organizations, but uh, events. Uh, and uh, we got an event on May 30th for Memorial Day where they're doing a, another fundraiser, and this is going to be our breaking into an introduction to these uh, investors to show them what our movie is and what it's about, and hopefully we'll start getting interest from there. And she's going to work on getting like dinner parties and stuff like that together to get investors in to uh, raise the money for this show. And how long have you been, how long have you been writing it? When did you start writing it, and when did you complete the first draft? Actually, uh, uh, when I got the idea, it, it actually went pretty quickly. I started, I think, in January, and I was done at the beginning of this month. So it only took me about two months to write the first draft. Uh, the second draft is probably going to be a little bit more because now I'm going to have to fill in gaps and everything like that to. Uh, fill it out more uh, and uh, give it a little more meat. Uh, we have uh, James uh, Besides as our guest here. We've got about uh, nine minutes left here with uh, James. So we can uh, do this So uh, before we run out of time. If our, fan, if our fans want to check you out and see if you've got a Facebook, you have an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, what do you got? Uh, I've got uh, on Facebook, if you look up America's Song, uh, you should be able to find my Facebook account for the movie. I also have JV Entertainment Incorporated uh, uh, Facebook page, uh, my actors uh, page, and uh, so on and so forth on Facebook. Uh, I've got a Instagram page, uh, JV Entertainment Incorporated, where I drop a lot of uh, uh, of my uh, uh, stuff from uh, my web page on there, like my blogs and everything. I've got a a blog that I'm trying to do once a week where I put a, uh, a little bit of history uh, leading up to the, uh, to the writing of the Star Spangled Banner on there. Uh, and uh, that uh, web page that I have there is jamesbacinas.wixsite.com forward slash America's song. Uh, and I can send that to you so you can put it on your page so that people can look at it because they know writing that down might <laughs> need me to say that several times. Uh, Definitely. But, yeah, they can they can get that on, uh, from you. Uh, I'll send that to you. So if uh, if you were if you were to uh, tell us a time frame on uh, when you want to uh, uh, finish the second draft to when you want to start shooting, what, what is the time frame? The time frame that we're shooting for on this is that I want to have the final draft done by uh, July or August of this year. I want to start shooting no later than January of 2023, and we want to release this on July 4th, 2024. And uh, how... uh uh, do you have an estimate on how many days of shooting that you plan on doing or would have to stick to? I suppose that would be up at the air at this point, or do you know? Uh, that would definitely would be up in the air because it depends on uh, 
places that I can uh, rent. I mean, I I already t- contacted Fort McHenry about shooting on location there, and I you know I got to get the licenses and everything for that. And uh, I, once I do that, I'll find out how much it'll cost to actually get that location for shooting. Uh, but I'm I'm hoping that it won't take more than uh, four weeks to shoot. But again, that just depends on locations and uh, scheduling. And uh, where is uh, where is the fort located at? That's in Baltimore and Maryland. Awesome. And if you had to if you had if you had to estimate how many uh, actors and actresses you were looking for, uh, how many would you say that you'd be looking for? Man, that's a that's tough. Because, I know that's uh, a loaded question. A I know, but. <laughs> There's going to be quite a few battle scenes where I'm going to need at least 30 to 50 guys uh, to go and kill each other on a battlefield. So, I mean, we're we're talking probably going to need it uh, in the upward range of a couple hundred actors. And uh, if you were to have one role for the icon, what would uh, what would a perfect role for me be? Because I'll do anything. Well, as a of our conversation before, you said you had a big mouth, so uh, I think uh, <laughs> I'll put you. I'll put you in Congress, and you can uh, uh, argue up uh, whether we should go to war or not against Britain. Britain. Okay. Uh, well, I. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's mentioned. Uh, I'll just give the story real quick. You know what? You mentioned the big mouth thing. Uh, we used to have a, a sports. Uh, a caster here uh, in Fargo named Jim Adelson, and uh, he wrote a book called Two Rolls No Coffee, and I uh, he actually signed it uh, to Scott from Jim from one big mouth to another, and uh, <laughs> you know uh, so apparently my reputation um, uh, follows me. And here's the thing though, uh, I I'll do anything to be in the movie. I'll, I'll take the role. I'll, I'll sign it up right now. As a matter of fact, I'll I'll do it so well that a an extra will actually win an Oscar for that performance. I'll win you an Oscar <laughs> for the movie. That'd be awesome. I, I need I need something like that, especially if it's like my first movie. That would be like setting uh, history right there. You know. <laughs> and uh, you know, and then like I say, we could uh, the main the main goal is that I want I want to be able to get you here in Fargo, North Dakota, so you can show the movie on our big screen here at the Fargo Theater. Yes, that would be awesome. Uh, that was definitely something I had considered about trying to see if we can get it into um, several different theaters. Uh, I, uh, Of course, I'm not to that stage of start looking into that yet, but it would be nice to get some uh, people looking at it and interested in it so that... Uh, when the time comes, they'll be like, yeah, we've been waiting for this. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, James Aquinas is our guest here, and we have uh, we only have a few more minutes. And uh, he will be on several more times uh, throughout the process. And the, our other goal is to actually have you in studio with us and sit right next to, right between Granny and right next, uh, between Granny and Matthias and uh, uh, bring a little touch of Hollywood to the studio. <laughs> That'd be fun. I'd love that. All right. Uh so uh in the in the meantime, so basically uh 
the American Song movie, that's what's taking precedence now, and then you'll start working on the TV series later on, correct? Or are you going to be doing both at the yes. same time? Because that sounds like that could... Uh... <laughs> that's next to impossible. That could be because, stressful. Uh, that would... Yeah, that would take my that would divide my attention and that lose quality into one of the areas, if not both. So I'm I'm focusing just on America's Song right now because uh, I don't anticipate all 12 episodes to be written by the time we get this shot. So um, we're gonna get America's Song made, and then uh, hopefully the income from that will be uh, tossed into unsuspected, and then we can sh- uh, shoot that without having to worry about too much investors. And then, you know, the other cool thing is, like, you know, it'll be kind of like a domino effect. You, you make money off the picture, then you go into a TV show, and then uh, you and I talk about doing the uh, the uh, My Life story, uh, which I guarantee you will at least uh, put, uh, to quote Tony Schiavone, that'll put some butts in the seat. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Well, uh, we can discuss awesome. that and uh, maybe get a contract. That'd be awesome. All right, and uh, I'll tell you what, uh, James, we'll definitely uh, have you on again. We do appreciate uh, you taking time out of your schedule uh, in such short notice to be on with us. And uh, once again, we do appreciate your service. We'll definitely have you on again. You and I will stay in contact. I promise to stop calling you at 2 in the morning. But uh, uh, most of our guests that we have on are used to that. They're like, oh, it's 2 in the It must be, I guess, at my clock. It's 2 in the morning. The icon's calling. But uh, we do appreciate you being on with us, James, and you're awesome. And I posted that uh, uh, I posted that uh, link on our page, and then hopefully you'll be able to send us a few autographs for giveaways as well uh, to our fans. And we do appreciate you being on with us, and we will have you on again. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, James. All right, uh, James. Uh, James Messiah, ladies and gentlemen. Now I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, I'm sure that everybody's like. Uh, wondering why uh, I'd want to be part of the the film because my family has all served and I want to uh I want to do whatever I can to help out this project. Uh so in the meantime here folks, uh we're going to take a quick little time out. Our next guest is waiting the wings. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsor and uh give us about 30 seconds and we will be back. The new Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended-stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. And uh, speaking of Trust Score and Wood Spring Suites, we want to thank them. They are our newest sponsor here on Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday. But speaking of guests, we have the ultimate guest right now. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for soul music from the heart of one guitar, from hands to guitar, she will take care of it. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Latina Ray. Hey, this is Letitia Ray, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live, Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your hosts, the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster. Let's do this. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. Pretty good. So here's here's what we're going to do here. We're going to have you give us a little background about yourself. 
and then uh, we'll ask you some questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and then I'll come back and I'll ask you the tougher questions. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, about me, I'm, I've been working in the Twin Cities music scene since I arrived there, probably in 1984. Um, I've been in numerous bands myself. I'm a bass player. Uh, I started on uh, guitar, went to piano, and ended up playing bass because the two other little girls in my first band said that I couldn't play guitar, that I had to play bass. So that's what started it all. Um, I started with, years ago with um, in high school. If anybody's listening from high school, I'm going to name a band. Hopefully someone will remember it. In Bloomfield, Indiana, by the name of Foxcliff. Um, my friends Denny White, Kara Barnard, and Bobby Warnick played with me there. Um, moving forward, I played with a band called Cookie on the Road. Also another band called Mixed Company on the Road, where I was seen by Randy Schwerer, uh, who formed the band Slave Raider. And he wanted me to come to the Twin Cities and join the band Slave Raider, which I did. And that was a big jump for me, a little farm girl ending up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and coming to the big city. And it turned out to be a great thing for me. Uh, Slave Raider, uh, record deal. Go ahead. Uh, Latia Ray is our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about uh, 27 minutes. So now when you, uh, when you got onto your first band, uh, did you like read like an ad in the paper? They were looking for, they were having tryouts, or did uh, a friend come up and say, hey, you know, you'd be perfect at this? Kind of take us through um, that process. Sure. And just so you know, my name is Letitia, kind of like Fish. Letitia, but, Letitia anyway. I'm sorry. Yes, sorry. No problem, no problem. Um, when I was going to uh, college in, at Indiana University of Bloomington, I got a call to go do an audition in Terre Haute, Indiana, with a band called Beth Miller and Totally Hot. And so uh, I did an audition. I dragged my amp up there, and I was still in college. And I got the gig, and so I quit college <laughs> and split and took off on the road for about six years. And I spent about six years on the road in my van. <laughs> wow. I mean, talk about living the rock star lifestyle. Uh, yeah, it was my Letitia, here's a, <laughs> yeah, Letitia here is our, our guest here. We've got about uh, 26 minutes here on 89.1 Ken's FM. Uh, so uh, w- here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, have our uh, guest, at, uh, our co-host, ask a few uh, questions here, and then we're going to come back to me. I'm going to ask you the harder-hitting questions. We have uh, Matthias on my left and Granny on my right. Uh, Granny, go ahead. What is your question for our guest? Well, thank you for being on our show tonight. It's a great pleasure and honor to have you here with us. Uh, So growing up, I mean, what made you decide you wanted to become a musician? I mean, or, or was that something that you had not thought much about doing? I mean, that came naturally to me. It, it was, it just, I, I'm the first instrument I touched. I played it, and every other instrument since then. And uh, my my father just let me go. He just knew better. Um, he was the greatest guy. He bought me a van, the um, instruments, PA's, guitars, and sent me on the road at age like eight, nineteen. So that's what that's awesome. was like. Yeah, he was great. Elmer, my dad. And awesome. uh, we have. Uh, 
We have Matthias here. He's he's kind of a rock and roller. As a matter of fact, uh, when he's at ring, he's known as the Ayatollah rock and roller. Uh, Matthias, what do you have for our <laughs> guest? Go ahead. Well, first off, I want to say thank you for coming on to the show. It's always a pleasure having someone new to something new to talk about. Um, I guess my one question would be, what, uh, what, uh, how many instruments do you know how to play? And I don't know if we've covered that or not. Um, if how many instruments do you know how to play? And if and what's one of your favorite music uh, style of music to play? Like what genre I should say? Sure, um, I play bass guitar, guitar, piano. I try to play drums, but I kind of stuck on those. Um, throw me stuff that I'll try to play it, but those are my instruments I do play. Um, did you ask me what influenced me? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, what would be one of your favorite genres of music to play? Oh, genres of music to play. Well, you're going to laugh. Everybody's going to laugh at this, but I love freeform jazz. I love to play freeform jazz on my bass. That doesn't make very much money in rock and roll, but... Um, to play it live on stage is one of the most amazing things you can do. Otherwise, it's got to be rock and roll. But I love every type of music, and I can't really say that I don't like any kind of music. Okay, because I, I, I liked playing jazz band when I was uh, when I was growing up, and it's it's always the sound of it that always is a, is a great uh, style of music to play. And uh, was there any other sort of like rock bands that influenced you to play? Like, did was there any specific band you're like, I want to kind of do what they're doing, or? Stuff like that? Yes, I think everybody, probably that are my, at least my fans know that I'm a big fan of Ann Wilson from Heart, and I'm also a big fan of Getty Lee on bass guitar from the band Rush. I also followed uh, the bassist from uh, Yes, Chris Squire. So those guys were my influences, definitely. Okay, okay, cool. And uh, with all the different bands that uh, you've been on, uh, what would you say uh, was your longest... Uh, uh, ten, uh, uh, tenured band. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, before we before we answer that, uh, uh, I should know what uh, what is the pot I need to push for you, buddy. Uh, I think it's number <laughs> number three. Try that. What is it? This one? Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, <laughs> We we we're joined right now by a special uh, special co-host. Uh, he is the coolest guy in the history of Fargo Radio. And uh, as a matter of fact, he owns his station. He's probably here to fire us on air. But uh, <laughs> uh, we have uh, Ken Bartz uh, that would like to ask you a few questions. Maybe get you here to our studio. Go ahead, Ken. What do you got? Well, I the one I got question I got for Leticia is if. Uh, uh, you know anything about Ken's FM, we support local artists and musicians, and we've had people from the Minneapolis area come up and play live on our station. Would you be interested in doing something like that sometime in the future? I'll give it my best shot. <laughs> <laughs> we do, um, we've do. we been doing live broadcasts of local uh, artists and musicians, I think since like about 2012. Uh, we got our license in 2012, and uh, been supporting That's awesome. since ever since. And would love to have you up here. And uh, um, if, as long as it has anything to do with rock and roll, uh, jazz is fine too. Um, <laughs> has yeah. some uh, folk, uh, acoustic type uh, acts that have come by the studio. Uh, if you ever get into uh, Fargo and you look up our studios, you're going to find out. 
They're in the basement of a house. That's how simple we are. And uh, now, Karen, will you let their, will you let them bring their instruments and play stuff for you as well? Absolutely. Uh, we are set up down here in our little studios to. Uh, Jeez, uh, well, we packed them in like sardines. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, you could just come and jam, right? Uh, just we, come jam in the basement. Yeah, we've had people like six, seven uh, musicians all packed in down here. So uh, as many Perfect. as you can bring, <laughs> any instruments, um, basically we set them up. Uh, we can mic uh, acoustic drum sets and uh, guitar amps and all of the above. Uh, you're welcome to come down. Uh, I'll tell you what, look. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, Leticia, here, here, I'll tell you what, Let, let's get this what, done. What, what? Here's what we're going to do. Uh, okay. if, you, if you guys can come down, I will get you a great room rate at our sponsor, Wood Spring Suites. And uh, you guys can, uh, uh, he's usually, usually have your show on what night is it again so everybody can know? It's uh, Saturday nights. It's a late Saturday night show. Uh, we've been doing it for over 20 years, and uh, uh, people seem to love the show. Uh, we have a great group of listeners and great group of supporters and uh, the local artists and musicians. They don't mind staying up late at night. The show starts actually at midnight. So uh, bring your coffee. Oh. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, here's what I'll do. Like I say, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get you and your band a great rate of the Woodspring Suites. They're a sponsor of Attitude Era Monday Live Monday. And uh, you guys can come on on, on a Saturday afternoon, uh, check in the hotel, come bring, set all your uh, instruments up, and uh, be on the show live. And it's live; it's not taped. And uh, and I'll tell you what: Would you be willing, Ken? Would you be willing to uh, uh, play their songs on your station if they come down? Absolutely, and we do that with pretty much all of the local bands that uh, uh, that perform live here on the station. Uh, we put cool. them in our list of local out, uh, local acts, and they are played uh, throughout the week, and uh, uh, we'll enjoy well, you know, the artists. I kind of have a little Go secret going on. Um, I'm recording a song that was in the, rep, in the, uh, with the band Slay Raider back in the day. It's a, band, a song called Badness, and it's almost finished, um, but I, I need a radio station to debut it on, so uh, maybe we'll have to chat about that after we talk later because um, I have some pretty talented people that are on that record. What you got to do is uh, uh, once you get it, if you want to uh, ship it up here, you know, uh, what is it, a digital format? That's very popular. They, they can email it to you, right, Ken? Yeah, they can email it. Sure. Um, yeah. it's, real simple. it's real simple. It's K-N-N-Z-F-M at gmail.com. All right, Ken, stay stay here. Yeah, don't don't go away. K, go ahead. K, like Repeat K, it one more time. K, it's, it's K-N-N-E? K-N-N-E? I'm half deaf. <laughs> Just email me. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, well, let me ask you this. Uh, uh, Leticia, would I be able to give him your phone number? Yes. Okay, because no, uh, I... Well, of course not. Uh, let's see, what is it? Five. Uh, all kinds of strange calls. Yeah, her number is five five five. One two. You know, and you know, I'm, the, uh, I'm trying to set this all female rock band too. I, I need to get right, that stuff uh, on the radio. 
All right. Well, Ken, we're gonna, we're gonna have fun with this. We're, we're gonna we're gonna have you we're gonna have you stick around here the rest of the uh, interview. We have uh, uh, Leticia Ray is our guest here, and we have uh, we have 16, 17 minutes here with uh, Leticia. Uh, so cool. now um, now Leticia, did, I you this was, of course is uh, this is not planned, okay? But did you know that you were gonna get yeah. a an air gig by being on Attitude Air Live? Did you know that? I did not know that. And it would be well, good if I had a band, but I'll get one. <laughs> all right. Uh, now, uh, Matthias, are you are you looking for a, to be in uh, her rock band? Or? Well, as a matter of fact, I was going to say before Ken jumped on, I was going to ask her if she'd be willing to pull out some jazz and her, and I'll take out my saxophone and we'll play Careless Whisper. You play that would I do. I play, I play tenor and also sax. I would love that. Love that. <laughs> I'm so Diversified performer, if I ever heard one. Yeah, I played, I played, I played saxophone when I was in high school. I played or all through school. I played the alto and I went to the tenor when I played in a jazz band. And let's just say I was, I got a lot of solos growing up. So when you, when you do you have that tenor sax with you still? Was that in reference to your aging, or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so uh, do you still have the tenor sax? Do you still have your sax? You have that well, yeah, I mean, I, I can get one really quickly. Yeah. Now, oh, uh, now, Ken, you you play keyboard, right? I used to. Can you still do it? Not really. <laughs> I have to really practice. Um, well, I'll tell. Okay, Ken. Now, uh, probably the first thing I try to play is uh, Clocks by Coldplay. Yes. Because I've okay. heard that so many many millions of times. Yeah, I know. The new clocks are here. The new clocks are here. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was Beethoven. That's just crazy. I bet you didn't know that. I, I did not know that. Uh, so, uh, Ken, if uh, to uh, – so uh, we know – uh, Leticia, this is your time. We, 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 we still got plenty of time yet. But uh, So, Ken, if uh, other bands that are listening right now, like Leticia, that want to come and play in the <clears> studio, <throat> what do they need to do? All they need to do is email me. That's the same email address. It's uh, K-N-N-Z is in zebra at G- FM at gmail.com. Awesome. And then we also want people to flood Ken's email box how much you like the show and how much uh, uh, you love what we do here on Monday nights. And if you don't, lie to him. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so now, Leticia, how many different albums have you done? Oh, I don't know, two or three, something like that. I've done a lot of, I mean, with Slave Raider, we did a couple. And I did a couple on my own. Um, I've done all sorts of jobbing and playing on people's pieces, doing a lot of singing. Um, so I just kind of did a lot of jobbing all around town, which is really a gas. One thing I'd want to mention real quick, if it's okay. Go ahead. I want to say thanks. I want to say thank you to everybody that came out to the coolest gig ever on August 22nd of 2021, the Team Happy Benefit, the Slave Raider Reunion. We didn't have Nicky and we didn't have Gino, but I want to thank everyone personally who came out to Ot Siegel that day. Thank you for helping Michael Schneider. Go ahead. And we have uh, Leticia Ray our guest here. we got uh, 13 minutes now. Uh, Leticia, would you be willing to send us some uh, uh, autographs for our, our fans for giveaway? Sure. Yeah, I see he's got it. He's sent me a message here about that, so I can figure that out some way. Yep. Okay. Yeah, our producer did that. Uh, so uh, now, Ken, when you have uh, 
when when you have your show, you said it starts at midnight, right? Yep. And it goes from midnight till two. Yeah. It goes until well, if, you, if we have guests for musical guests, it goes until one of the two eyes are closed. <laughs> the, <laughs> cool. <laughs> the the show actually uh, runs from midnight until four, and the uh, original the origination of that goes all the way back to the first days when uh, on this radio station I was on. That was the only time slot they gave me was midnight to four. They didn't realize that even at midnight to four, I could gain them a good audience, and I did. But that's oh, yeah. You don't, have, you don't have to play till four, but uh, uh, it's a real casual show. Um, it's not real structured. Basically, you come in, we'll talk to you for a while, and you'll get ready <coughs> to play it. And then we'll go back to our playlist, and then come back, and we'll talk to you some more and get some more information out of you about your music and your origins and, uh, uh, you know, influenced you and all of that. Basically, all the information you gave Scott tonight, uh, we'll talk about. Sure, sure. Um, the, uh, the show is called Modern Rock Worldwide, and uh, it's shipped around to pretty much the whole world. Um, let's cool. see if I can off the top of my head. Uh, we're on uh, some stations down in Australia. Uh, we're on uh, a uh, a uh, uh, stream feed in New, in uh, the Netherlands. Um, we're up in the UK. Uh, lots of stations, uh, uh, low power stations, carry the show on a tape delay basis uh, in the US. But uh, it is live only here in Fargo and in the Red River Valley. And uh, of course, we also stream online. So wherever where you're at. Even though you couldn't hear 89.1, uh, you can certainly tune us in on the web. That's great. Maybe it could be like and, a uh, session of local musicians. We've done that before, too. Uh, we have fundraisers every year, uh, headquartering uh, around Halloween. And you'd be surprised. We get two or three bands that are all kind of stacked up through the night. And they'll all show up at the same time. And they say, oh, well, hell yeah. I, know that. I, I can play that. And then uh, exactly. the end session the whole night. It's awesome. That's you know, great. and the cool thing is, uh, Halloween night uh, this uh, this year, Ken, falls on a Monday night. So wouldn't it be cool to integrate the uh, the fundraiser with Attitude Air Live, and we throw it back to you in between our guests and everything? We we do we make it a whole night thing, you know? That could actually happen quite easily. Uh, remember, the show is Sunday night into Monday. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so. I all right. Well, I would love to run the board for that show. Uh, now, would you uh, uh, would you be willing to have Leticia come down and perform during that episode? Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, well, well, you know, I, I. I well, you know, I I I I don't mean to. Uh, I'm not your manager. I understand. That. I don't mean to book you into uh, stuff, but uh, <laughs> I, I I mentioned to you uh, when we look. I actually booked her on the show eight months ago. Uh, people don't really know that, and uh, I, I I mentioned how popular that we are, but I I wasn't expecting to get you uh, some gigs. But uh, I'm doing my best to do that for you. <laughs> awesome. Well, I didn't think I'd get it. Leticia, I really appreciate it if you wanted to, uh, you know, I know if you're out of Minneapolis there, uh, it's like 240 miles up here, but uh, we've done that before, 
I don't know if you remember um, a musician from the Minneapolis area. Ooh, geez. It was when we first started the show uh, in the early, middle 90s. A gentleman by the name of David Wolfenson came all the way up here to play live. Uh, it was him and his guitar player and, I think, a bass player. And we crammed them all into one little studio. This was at a totally different small station. And uh, he played the show midnight until, geez, I think it was 3.30 or so. They finally yeah. back, drove back home. Hey, uh, before we continue here, we got to do a, we got to uh, take a quick little timeout. We'll be back in uh, ten seconds. You're listening to eighty nine point one Ken's FM, KNNZ FM, Holly Fargo Moorhead, independent public radio for Fargo Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. And uh, in radio folklore, that's what they call a legal ID. So, uh, so uh, now, Leticia. Um, you know, we we have eight minutes, and uh, um, <laughs> I just got you booked in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, yes, let me I'm ask you this: of all soon. of all the songs that you've done uh, on any album, besides the one that you talked about, what is the favorite song that you that you've done? <laughs> oh, you would do that, wouldn't you? Well, you know, yeah. I said the hard hitting questions. You know, I will say. Some of the coolest stuff I did will never get released because it uh, it just fell off on the wayside. Um, but I'm thinking that what's coming up right away for me is the redo of my old song, Badness. Um, you're going to be shocked whenever you hear it, the people that knew it from before. Uh, it's on tape right now. Uh, let's see, I've got Tatum Shepler, a 17-year-old guitar player on drums, and I'm playing about four different bass guitars on it. And I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm going to think that that's probably going to be my favorite thing because I've done, done way too many things to put one favorite on one thing. That's awesome. Uh, Leticia Ray is our guest here, and uh, we have, uh, well, we have about uh, seven minutes. And, uh, you know, the cool thing is, uh, you know, uh, Leticia, we uh, we do get a lot of our information from uh, imdb.com, and uh, you are listed on there. Uh, it says you're listed as an actor and composer known for Slave Rider Survival of the Fittest, uh, Slave Rider Backstabbing, and Slave Rider Make Some Noise. Uh, it looks like that was all in uh, 86. Now, is there ever a chance that uh, Slave Rider will, will have, like, a reunion tour and uh, go back on the road? Because, I mean, Elton John was here this weekend, and, uh, I mean, he's still going yeah. at – what, 70, 80 you know? years old, whatever he is? Yeah. Uh, how, what, what do you think? Well, we did an, I would say possibly Slave Raiders' last reunion was August 22nd of 21. Like I mentioned, that big uh, benefit gig we did for Michael Schneider with Hairball. Um, having something else, if we did something else, it would probably be some sort of cameo where we popped in and did maybe five songs. Um, other than that, I can't tell you about anything that's coming up at all, um, although I will say that it was really good to play with those guys again. Now, uh, we we have uh, Leticia Ray our guest here. we got about uh, five minutes left. So what, uh, what what do you have coming up uh, uh, in the next couple months? Uh, like, uh, are you going to be going out on uh, tour? Are you going to be uh, getting in the recording studio? Uh, are you going to be... Um, uh, doing some uh, writing, some more stuff. What do, what do you got going on in the next couple of months that you could tell us about? Sure, I have been working really hard to form the next 
all-female Motley Crue under the name of, of a new band by the name of Stick Shift. I'm working really hard. i got three girls right now, although it's a hard road. I'm trying to be a bandmaker, a kingmaker, if you will. Um, my next thought is to do a four-female front or three-female front country act with a bunch of cowboys, handsome cowboys, tacky cowboys behind them. So what I'm trying to do, I'm looking for musicians, and I'm going to start helping them with image and uh, stage presence and hair and makeup and clothes, and I want to get people famous. That's what I want to do. And, I want to make people happy. And here's, and here's what we can do. If our fans want to check you out, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, and how can they contact you to be <laughs> part of uh, your band? Get me on Facebook. I am me right now. Um, spring is here. I'm sick of the cold. We've still got about 25 <laughs> inches ice here on Lake Minnetonka, where I happen to live. But uh, <laughs> um, it's time for it to melt. It's time to heat up this music, music scene here in the Minneapolis area. That's what I think. That's awesome. Uh, before we go here, Ken, uh, you got anything else? Go ahead. Not really. <laughs> I look real forward to uh, getting the time uh, in the studio here where uh, we can set up a uh, date with you guys. And uh, anything that you can do, anybody you want to bring along, uh, we're wide open. All you got to do is just uh, email me, and uh, we can set up a date and a time on a Saturday night when it's your convenience, and we'll get you in the studio. And I will definitely take care of your ho- uh, hotel arrangements as well. That is true. Wow. Uh, he, he, yep, he did that for us, uh, uh, what was it, Halloween. Yes. Uh, yeah, we had a couple of bands well, come up. Uh, I think live. you guys, you might, you might have a deal. I'll have to uh, see what I can do. I might have to drag along a couple of crazy musicians with me. If that's okay. We like crazy. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Ken's got us on the air, so he loves great. No, I'm, I shouldn't say. That. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I just loving this. We we have Leticia Ray as our guest here. We got uh, we got about uh, 90 seconds. Uh, uh, in closing here, um, uh, go ahead and uh, once again uh, tell us. Uh, uh, future band members out there, how they can get a hold of you to uh, be part of uh, this uh, band that you want to start. Sure. I'm looking for the new all-female Motley Crew. If you're a female between the ages of 17 and 29, or even older than that, please contact me at my Facebook page. Also, if you're a female any age uh, and you want to be a country star, you can play guitar, you can play fiddle, you can play whatever. And if you're a bunch of hot-looking country guys behind, I'd like you to contact me on my Facebook page. What I, what I want to try to do is get a group together, get you guys rolling, and get you on the road. That's what I'm looking to do. Okay? And uh, one thing I want you to promise me, when you uh, when you get on the CMAs and you win the, the Grammy, uh, you'll remember uh, Attitude Air Live, and you'll still talk to us. You won't big-time us, and uh, you'll, uh, you'll still love us. I love you now and forever darling <laughs> there you go all right well i'll tell you what we do appreciate uh you joining us tonight and uh i uh like i say uh, we uh you had no idea where this was going to go and uh now nope. you know it's going right you're going right to the top now because you've been on attitude air live we are the number one station uh, or the number one show in dhaka dhaka bangladesh and ho chi minh city vietnam so uh we're we're building cool. <laughs> 
Thank you very much, you guys, for having me on. I really appreciate it. This is awesome. Thanks, Leticia. We love you. Have a good night. Good night, you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Awesome. Leticia Ray, ladies and gentlemen, now that was that was awesome. Uh, we're going to take a quick little time out, and then our next guest is waiting in the wings. We'll be back after we hear these messages from our sponsor. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. And we are live on 89.1 Ken's FM, but right now, waiting in the wings, we have a stuntman, per se. He can teach you how to fight on screen. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the big man on screen, he is Sean Thompson. <laughs> hey, this is Sean Thompson. You're listening to Attitude Era Monday Live, Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your hosts, the icon, the big swing, and, of course, Grady Hulkster. Hey, Sean. How are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Yeah. I, I know it's late. Uh, I know it's late. We have Sean Thompson, our guest here. We've got about uh, 35 minutes, and uh, we'll try not to keep you too much past your bedtime. But here's what we're going to do. If you want to give us a quick <laughs> little background about yourself, uh, and then we'll have fun with the interview. Okay. Um, let's see. I started off as a computer software developer, and that's kind of what I do in my professional career these days. On the side, I've enjoyed martial arts for probably a combined forms upwards of 18 years so far. Um, and in the past uh, 18 to 20 months, I've started getting into the acting realm, and it's been uh, very fruitful, both uh, in uh, adventures pursued and uh, wonderful people met. That's awesome. And uh, where, where are you from, uh, Sean, originally? Uh, well, I'm originally from Annapolis, Maryland, but I live down in central Florida now. Awesome. And uh, now you're, um, uh, you have kind of an interesting uh, career in Hollywood. Uh, they have you listed as um, a fight choreographer, uh, a film fight choreographer. Is that correct? Yes, I've been in a couple films so far where I've worked with uh, people um, with very uh, advanced skills as well as people that have never even been in a fight before and uh, uh, done my best to make uh, – their experience seem as realistic to the viewer as possible. Now, now, do you do you teach them to actually fight, or is it uh, just uh, uh, you know, like kind of like a sparring thing? Um, well, it's the idea is to determine what the producer is looking for in the fight to make it, like I said, as realistic as humanly possible. Obviously, you don't want anybody getting hurt when you're when you're you know, doing a scene for a fight. But you also want it to, to look realistic. You don't want to have um, someone half your size uh, just getting grounded and pounded on a regular basis and not seeing any blood, not seeing any damage, not you know, having them bounce back up again. That's just beyond realism. So what I like to try to bring to the films that I'm working with, if the producers and the writers want that, is to give them a sense of if somebody is a certain size, a certain um, skill set based on the film that they're looking for, 
against a against an opponent or opponents plural. Um, what would be some legitimate tactical moves that they would do uh, offensively, defensively, based on the skills that they would need? And what kind of damage would that person uh, take based on the strikes or the kicks or whatever that they've taken? So that way, when they're dealing with uh, somebody that's watching the film, they actually feel that it's legitimate and not just think, you know, somebody gets hit in the face 50 times and it does absolutely nothing. Uh, Sean Thompson, I guess, here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about uh, 32 minutes. And we'll, uh, we'll run down a list of the movies that you've been in um, in a little bit. Uh, but before we do this, we're going to go ahead and uh, do a roundtable. Now, I know that Granny Hulkster is a big fan of uh, your your bigness your, because you're a big guy and you're, you're an awesome-looking <laughs> guy, and Granny loves that. Uh, what do you have for our guest, Granny? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Um, I appreciate you. I don't watch a lot of MMA, but I do like, I am a big wrestling fan and, and I like to go to the independent wrestling shows and, and have you ever done any kind of movies or things like with any professional wrestlers or even independent wrestlers or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I'm actually in a film called The Naughty List, which we just filmed, um, or we're filmed part of it uh, up north about two months ago, maybe. And we're going to be filming another part of it. We're trying to schedule dates when people can get out there and get uh, get their schedules coordinated to get out there for the second part of the filming. And uh, one of the participants in that particular movie, he's a, he's a wrestler. I'm not sure where he falls within the, the spectrum of professional, independent, or those kind of things. But, yeah, big guy, great guy, really friendly. Um, and I believe in that movie you played Parker, correct? You are correct, yes. Awesome. Awesome. Now, speaking of... In that movie is uh, Max Morrison, by the way, yes. Oh, uh, we we know Max. We we, we know Max. Yes, (laughs) that's awesome. And... Speaking of uh, wrestlers, uh, Sean, uh, I want to introduce you to, uh, he's uh, on my uh, left, uh, he's, he is an uh, up-and-coming wrestler. As a matter of fact, he uh, just got uh, done with a thumbtacks match, and uh, he became a human pincushion over the weekend, so he might be a perfect uh, uh, extra for you. Uh, but what do you got for our uh, guest there, Matthias? Go ahead. Well, first off, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. It's always uh, good having new guests and something else to talk about. Um, I guess one of my questions, yes, I am a wrestler. I've, I've been in professional wrestling for about 10 years now, wrestling for about five. So if you need me for any kind of tough guy role or anything like that or to help choreograph stuff or whatever, I'm always in for helping. Um, I guess one of my main questions would be, was there anybody that you got to work with that was maybe a little more difficult to work with? Because, like, in the in the pro wrestling industry – uh, you get booked to face somebody, and sometimes there's a person like, oh, I, if I could, I'd rather not work with this person, or they were a little more difficult in the ring. Has there anybody that's been kind of a more difficult individual to work with, or have you experienced uh, difficult individuals when you're trying to choreograph a fight or in any situation you've been in? And you can't say me because that would be um, too easy. <laughs> I haven't experienced difficult individuals in terms of, like, a personality or anything like that. I have experienced, like I mentioned in the beginning, I've experienced um, working with people that, uh, as shocking as it sounds, have never been in a fight, period. So it was literally having to teach them how to throw a punch, um, which seems strange. I think most 
most of us have grown up and you know scrapped at least once or twice in the yard. But uh, um, you know, I've worked uh, with people from with a, multiple skill sets, um, street fighting to um, more uh, professional, formalized uh, Krav Maga, those kind of things, and. One of the things, again, I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, by any stretch of the imagination across the format, but what I try to do is figure out where their strengths are based on those skills and then use their abilities to design a fight so, again, that it looks as realistic as possible and they can feel comfortable with what they're doing. I'm not going to try to take somebody that's never thrown a punch before and say, okay, I'm going to make you a problem Maga fighter in, in this scene. It's not going to happen. But if I have someone that's bulky... You know, someone, someone, someone that has a lot of mass to them, I'm going to put their mass to you. So I'm going to make sure their punches, you know, are full force. Uh, I'm going to do a lot of tackling. I'm going to do a lot of elbowing, those kind of things. Simplistic things that can be done, taught easily, and based on their size, have a hell of a big impact. Well, I'm six foot two and 250 pounds, so if you ever need help, just let me there know. And go. if you also need somebody that knows how to take barbed wire to the face or get thrown into some thumbtacks, <laughs> you got to let me know. I, and he I would not require a stunt double either. He would not require a stunt yeah, double either. He would just do it. Yeah, because it's it, uh, being a go. pro wrestler. It's it, being a pro wrestler. I'm more down to do just about anything. There is nothing I've said no to. And when I when I saw barbed wire was coming out and thumbtacks and tables, it's always a good experience to at least try once. And that's what really gets the crowd going when you get all those you know harmful weapons in there. So if you need somebody that knows how to bleed, knows how to take barbed wire, thumbtacks. Just fight in general. I'm your guy. Sounds like a plan. I appreciate and Sean, it. Sean, if you and and if you need wrestling fans for your crowd, Granny can do an excellent job in being a really great wrestling fan because that's what I do best when I go to these wrestling shows. I don't like the heels, and I can really talk smack to the bad guys when I have to. So if you need a but really good wrestling fan for one of your movies. I'm, I I would love to do that. And, and, and she'll good. make cookies. But make sure it's past, you know, <laughs> before it's before. But make sure it's before 5 p.m. so she don't miss her curfew at the nursing home. And make sure oh, she stands up, up very guys. slowly so she doesn't break her hip. I don't have a curfew at the nursing home, okay? <laughs> I don't have a curfew at the nursing home. Sure oh, Raiders! Okay, shut up, big swing. You know I hate the Raiders. But, again, just make sure she stands up really slowly and really carefully so she doesn't bust a hip. We can't uh, yeah. afford that. I'm not uh, going to bust a hip either, Matthias. I'm going to take my cane and knock you over the head with my cane if you don't take it out. Uh, Sean Thompson's our guest here. we got, uh, we got 26 minutes, and we're losing control here quickly. Uh, now, Sean, now I told you our show was going to be fun. I, you didn't know it was going to be this fun. I'll understand if you never accept my uh, phone call again, but we're going to press on, okay? Hey, I'm just glad I had Monster before I uh, called in, so that way I'm <laughs> wired and ready to go with you guys. By the way, what uh, what is your favorite flavor, Monster? It's the silver can with the blue lining. Let me take a look in my fridge because I just ordered a tw- I got a 12 pack in today from the store. Hold on a second, I can tell you exactly <laughs> what it is. It is Monster Energy Zero Ultra. Yeah, my my uh, my go-to is the green can. Okay. Yeah, I usually have, uh, during the week, I usually have uh, eight or nine of those. I know you're supposed to only have one a day, but I usually have uh, eight or nine. But anyway, 
We'll, we'll go back. We got uh, Sean Thompson, our guest here. Uh, now, uh, it looks like uh, Sean, uh, 2022 is gonna is gonna be a pretty busy year for you. You got uh, uh, you got uh, Doctor Gift coming out. You got uh, mm-hmm. Under Three Moons, and uh, you have uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be a um, this is probably gonna be an Oscar winner for you. The House That Eats Flesh. Uh, now tell yes. us uh, now how, do they do they call you? Uh, and say, hey, we need to be part of this movie, or do you have, do you, did you have to go uh, audition for all these roles that you got coming out? No, I, I auditioned for all of them. I'm, uh, as you can see, my IMDb account pretty much starts in 2021, so I'm still a novice, still new to this, and uh, I do a lot of cold calling, uh, hours and hours of it a day, making my introductions and trying to basically... Uh, solicit anybody and everybody to say, hey, here's who I am. Here's what I look like. Is there anything that you need? You know, parts, large, small, speaking, not speaking, background, foreground, whatever you want. Let me just make some contacts. Uh, and let's kind of go through this. Uh, right now, uh, and like I say, we get most of our information from uh, imdb.com, so you can correct us and mm-hmm. uh, let us know if anything is interactive. But uh, some of the things that we see that you have in pre-production are a movie called Depravity, where you play a sheriff, uh, mm-hmm. Race by Night, Mr. Lawson, uh, The Flower mm-hmm. City Butcher, you play Basil, uh, The Hag mm-hmm. Witch, uh, you play Vlogger 2, uh, The mm-hmm. Naughty List, you play Parker, uh, Z Dead mm-hmm. End, uh, it's filming now, it says, uh, you play a soldier, private first class Alanis, and, um, mm-hmm. well, you're doing the House of Eats Flesh. Uh, now, let me ask you this, you, since you're doing all these things, like, you, like, spend, like, one day on a set, and then go, like, to another set, and, like, spend three days, what, what is your, what is your, your schedule like with all these different films that you're in? Yeah, I mean, it, a lot of it depends on the role that I'm in. And a perfect example of the, the, the difference between the different roles is uh, uh, Grace by Night, I'll actually fly up Sunday morning, film my scene Sunday afternoon and evening, and fly back Monday morning. So that's an example of basically have a a very finite role, but, uh, you know, trying to get it, like I mentioned before, trying to get contacts, trying to get my name out there in lots of different circles, and, and hopefully, you know, you, you throw it out there enough and hopefully something sticks. And then... Uh, uh, Depravity, I was just talking to them today, and I will be uh, filming there. I think it's about uh, 11 days. We'll f- I'll be out there filming with them for the 11 days in the fall. So and a lot then, of it depends now, on the, my particular role and my particular visibility in the, in the part. So now, like, let's say that uh, you go out to a set and you film for a week, right? And then uh, they mm-hmm. say we got it and all this stuff. Now, does it, uh, does it ever happen, like, uh, you have to get called back and uh, a scene like, had to be changed or your lines had to be changed or something. Uh, does that happen quite a bit or not really? Um, it happens sometimes. And actually one of the films we just did, um, like I mentioned, uh, uh, the naughty list, we're going to be refilming um, one of the scenes. I can't give away the scene that we're actually having to refilm again, but in uh, looking back at it, uh, uh, we kind of just agreed that it didn't look as authentic as it needed to. So we're going to reshoot it. Now, uh, let me ask you this then: Do you um, uh, do you uh, do you, do you still have the uh, the script? Do you remember your lines? Uh, I, I'm you know I'm just kind of curious for those that uh, uh, have never uh, done the the movie scene. Uh, do, you, do you still have all your lines memorized, or uh, how does that work? I mean, I keep I keep all my scripts. I get them uh, as as you know 
strange as it may sound, I take my scripts and I have them signed by everybody on set. So it's a kind of souvenir for myself. And then uh, I keep them here actually sitting on my bookshelf, a stack of them here. And uh, depending on what needs to be shot or reshot, we'll I'll just pull that one back out again, re- relearn the lines. You don't ever really forget the lines per se, but they're not at the tip of your tongue like they are when you're you know, learning them for the first time so that you're ready for that scene you're about to shoot. But, um, you know, it's like lyrics to a song. Once you have them, you just hear the music and you start singing again. Uh, Sean Thompson is a guest here. we got about uh, 20 minutes. Now, we, I finally have a guest here, uh, Sean, that's you, that actually has a, a cool man cave that keeps all your scripts. Uh, now, because <laughs> now, uh, we had... Um, well, we had a gentleman from the from my three sons on uh uh last week and uh uh you know he uh, he was Ernie Douglas on my three sons Barry Livingston and I asked okay. him I said so cool. do you have like uh like you have like eight bookshelves full of all the scripts that you've done and all this stuff he said I've never kept any of them and I'm like really wow. now uh so let me ask you this now I, I, I can picture your man cave. You, you you walk in, you open the door, you turn on the light, you have your bookshelves with all the scripts, and then you have, like, the movie posters, and then under the movie yep. posters you'll have on the wall the DVD or the Blu-ray. Is, is that, that basically yep. the kind of man cave you're going to have? I'm literally looking around my office uh, right now. On the left side of my office I have some of the props from some of the movies that I've been in. Um, and my scripts are sitting there in a pile, all autographed and whatnot. Scanning around the wall, I got the posters, the movie posters. Some of them I've gotten been able to get autographed, and some of them I haven't had a chance to get autographed yet. But once we go for the premieres of these movies, I'll get them autographed and frame them and put them on the walls. And then um, when the DVDs become available, I'll have those on the bookshelf as well because I just put them all digital, and then I'll keep the uh, the actual you know DVD on my shelf just for, like you said, man cave stuff. <laughs> Now, uh, now speaking of uh, speaking of that, um, do you uh, do, do you ever get asked? Uh, well, hey, uh, you know we're looking for extras. Do you ever get asked like, uh, yeah, I know a guy, or uh, you know, as a matter of fact, as you can tell, I'm kind of asking for a job here. But uh, you know, I I I'd, I'd love to come on. Uh, you know, you could pitch me for like a movie that you're doing, and uh, if you do that, I'll, I'll come carry your bags. I'll come shine your shoes. I'll go get your <laughs> hot dogs and whatever. Uh, I'll take care of your catering. Uh, you know, I can stop a bullet one time. Uh, I'd be willing to do whatever <laughs> I can uh, for you to help me out as well. That's a lot of what this industry is. Not so much carrying the bags and all that craziness, but um, a lot of it's just. Uh, it's hard to describe, but it, I, I look at it as family. A lot of these folks, um, a, a perfect example of this is uh, the two films. I can give you two examples, The House That Eats Flesh and The Naughty List. Um, when we filmed those scenes, the, over, the overwhelming majority of the cast basically just crashed in the house. So people were on sofas, people were on you know, air mattresses on floors. So it, you know, when you're on set and you're filming something and, and, and the moments between action and cut, you're playing a role, so you're not really being used, so nobody sees who you are. And then after those moments, if you're basically, you know, in your corner learning your own lines and rehearsing your lines and not really interacting with other people, you're not really – your interactions with them are not um, – they're at a surface level. Um, in those particular films, we actually stayed there in the house the entire time we were there. And so, you know, we ate together. Everybody crashed. We, you know, people were snoring and we goofed off and laughed at people snoring. And, you know, you, in those instances, you go beyond just filming and you actually kind of become family. So that's kind of neat. 
Well, so, so yes, uh, in, I, in, in regards to your original question, yes. So when somebody says, hey, do you know anybody that would fit this particular look, feel, size, frame, whatever, yeah, I can give you 20 people, and here they all are, and I'm sure they'd all be happy to do that for you. And uh, I'm thinking I, I'm, like, uh, on the bottom of your list somewhere, right? Like, like, like <laughs> just below your shoe? Hey, you, you, welcome, you welcome me on your show. You're at the top of my list. Of course, but you don't have cookies. Granny's got cookies, so... Well, hey, uh, I'll, I'll invite Granny Hulkster out as well. You know, I mean, you there know, you that, that famous line that uh, was said by um, um, uh, Brad Pitt in, um, in Moneyball, there's rich actors, there's poor actors, there's 50 feet of crap, then there's me. There you go. So how many, if you have a uh an actor or an actress that you really want to work with and i'll understand if you don't want to answer the question but if there's an actor and actress that you really want to work with who would it be <laughs> um you know i'm gonna over inflate my ego slightly and say i would it would be an absolute honor to do a fight scene uh with uh, with or against keanu reeves um because he is takes his fights I've watched him in his training, uh, his YouTube videos, and he's phenomenal. Um, and uh, just because I like the guy, I would absolutely love to be uh, work alongside uh, Ryan Reynolds because he's just cool. That's, that's awesome. So those are probably my top and, uh, and if you could, uh, give, us, uh, give us your stature, uh, height, weight, so uh, people can kind of get a feel of uh, uh, how massive you are because you are a big guy. <laughs> Um, deceptively, uh, you know, I carry myself slightly different because I'm only six feet tall. I'm six feet, about two fifty-five, two sixty, and I'm kind of built like a linebacker. And did you ever play football? Because you look like you could. I uh, did up until college. So I played for about seven and, years from uh, Kiwi all the way up through high school. And for those of you who have never seen uh, what Sean looks like, I mean, he's actually. He's actually built like a wrestler. He actually looks like, uh, in a way, he looks like uh, he's built like Dave Batista. Uh, for those of you who uh, have never seen what he looks like, but uh, uh, you know, a lot of people don't like when I give a comparison about what they look like. I say, yeah, they look like. I mean, like me, I look like Mick Foley. So uh, you know, uh, so we have uh, we have uh, Sean Thompson as a guest here. We got 14 minutes with uh, our man here. So uh, of all the projects that you're working on now, uh, which, which one has taken the longest time and which one is the shortest time in filming? I think the longest one currently, I mean, there are some, several of them we don't know the filming dates on yet, so I can't speak to those yet. But uh, the longest one that I know upcoming in terms of duration to film for my sp- stuff specifically would be uh, Depravity. Because uh, it is, you know, close to two weeks worth of me time, and that's fairly substantial for, you know, when I'm used to basically going in for a couple of days and being out. Um, the house that eats flesh was about seven days, but we were filming 20 plus hours a day in some days. There's a, there's a photo that I have on Facebook that uh, Josh had posted, where um, I'm in character and we had done two, I would say 20 to 22 hour days uh, in a row. And we were basically just uh, living on caffeine at that point, and they were setting up for the next scene. And I'm in costume. I'm the character's name is Baghead. He kind of resembles 
Uh, Jason from Friday the 13th Part 2. If anybody's familiar with that particular movie, I got a bag on my head. And I'm just sitting in a chair, and I honestly, when they took the picture of me, and I honestly don't know if I'm awake or asleep in the particular picture, and they said, all I remember is they said, you ready? And I kind of heard that and said, let's go, and we went back at it. So it's it's not even in the movie, but it was just something that was shot between when I didn't even know it was being shot. It's actually one of my favorite pictures because it definitely speaks to the dedication that the entire team had in making a film. And here's how they describe that movie. There is a house that has been passed down from generation to generation, but it isn't just any ordinary house. This house is built on the gates of hell. This Thanksgiving, a group of friends desperate to have a nice holiday together will discover the truth of the inside of the house. The doors are locked, the windows are barred, and some something sinister is breaking through the floors. Soon they will realize this house is one that makes the end of your horrors look like a Barbie dream house. The friends learn that in order to escape the house, must feed... On blood. Yeah, that sounds That's really right. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, now you have a pretty big role in that movie, right? Yeah, I actually have two different roles in that movie. Um, I, um, someone's okay. Let me preface this by saying the person was fine, but they had come down with COVID, so they couldn't fly in. Um, so their uh, misfortune was my benefit because um, they said they needed somebody to play that particular person's role. His role was Mark. And so they kind of looked at me and they said, well, you're in baghead costume. We never see your face the entire time. Do you think you can pull off Mark too? And I went, hell yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so now uh, I'm just kind of curious now, uh, now the, the bag that you wear, is it like a, is it like a potato sack or like a paper bag or is it like no, a heavy uh, bag? It's a burlap, burlap sack, two eye holes. I was very fortunate that, uh, Unlike the Friday the 13th bag, I got to have two eye holes instead of one. Um, serious props to them when they did uh, that particular Friday the 13th because two eye holes uh, in a bag on top of your head gives little peripheral <laughs> vision. The idea of having only one, oh, my gosh. Wow. And then uh, I, and then uh, a typical filming day, uh, how – how uh, how many hours uh, under and I'm sure under the lights and everything and running around uh, filming your scene under that bag. I mean, you got to be sweating off. You got to be sweating off pounds, oh, right? Yeah. And yep, and we did some fight scenes in that one too. And uh, there's nothing more interesting than doing uh, full contact fighting um, with very little peripheral vision um, in a bag on outside on a hot day after 20 hours. Yes. <laughs> And then I'm just kind of curious, as you're, like, filming the scenes and you're, like, you got this bag on now, do they do they have it, like, uh, and I, I don't want to keep talking about the bag, but uh, some of our, these are actually <laughs> fan questions. Now, like, uh, like this bag, is it, like, uh, is it, like, does it, like, slip on and then you have, like, uh, like a ski mask on under it so it, like, fits better so it's not shifting when you're filming or is oh. it just a bag? Just uh, just a burlap stack over top of my head, shifting and adjusting, and we kept, kind of kept moving it around. Uh, one of the fight scenes, there was a little issue where uh, uh, there was uh, – I can see if I can give something away without giving something away. Uh, I was taking some <laughs> uh, hits, and uh, I couldn't see the bag shifted, so my eye hole my, – where my eye holes were were not where my eyes were. And suffice it to say, I, I, may, I actually got a little contact that I wasn't supposed to be getting, but it was all good. I'm used to it. The martial arts were fine. <laughs> Take a so, few shots uh, to the I head when you're not expecting it. <laughs> so now, now let me ask you this, uh, and this is a fan yeah. question. 
Uh, how many different uh, burlap sacks did they go through before they got your eye, uh, eye holes correct? Uh, I have the one, and I have it here on my shelf. I'm getting ready to send it. They're going to be filming the, the last uh, segment of it um, in the next few weeks. So I'm going to be it's, – it's on my prop bookshelf as we speak. I'm getting ready to send it over to them so they can film it. And uh, look forward to getting it back and putting it back on my mannequin on my shelf. Because, you know, the way I picture it, it's like, you know, kind of like uh, – uh, Charlie Brown's uh, Halloween, you know, when he when he's trying to get all the eye holes, you know. Mm-hmm. We did now, have to uh, you, uh, we did have to make the eye holes a little bit bigger because uh, when the when they initially brought it to me, they were very tiny and it just definitely didn't work. So we kind of tore them a little bit bigger to help out. And uh, wh- another one that uh, our fans are asking about is Under Three Moons. Uh, can you tell us a little yes. bit about that? You play John Miller. Yes, I'm an attorney in that film, not a horror film. Um, easiest way to describe it, if your fans or if you guys have seen the movie Doc Hollywood with Michael J. Fox, I try to yep. explain it as it's a similar movie to Doc Hollywood with a gender reversal. So you have a big city girl that for a specific reason that's in the trailer, you have, she has to go to a small, very small country town, and she meets a young boy who's obviously smitten with her. There's a backstory that goes into it yada, 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 and I'm playing the attorney for, that takes, that's supposed to be uh, taking care of the property of the house. And no uh, that that, one. That's, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. And uh, you also, um, another one, uh, uh, like I say, this is coming from our fans, uh, uh, something called, like, something about a werewolf or something? I can't really read what he's asking. I can't, werewolf, uh, yeah, cable, werewolf, is it? Werewolf cabal. Cabal. Cabal, Okay. And you yes. play Anthony Ramos. Yes, he's a police officer. So um, that film is uh, uh, Chris Sanders. Uh, he lives over in the U.K. Uh, majority of the film was done over there, and then a small scene was done in, uh, a set, on a set in California. So I flew out to California, filmed a set where we were in a, a studio that had uh, interrogation room, prison cell, et cetera, et cetera. Fun, fun, fun scene to do. Met a bunch of really great people. It was only out there for two days, literally a weekend. Flew out Friday, shot Saturday, flew back Sunday. But uh, great, great bunch of guys that we spent. Um, there's, there's some comedic scenes on my Facebook as well as uh, of us because there was three of us uh, that were police officers and we got some cameos eating donuts on set. It was kind of great. <laughs> and uh one of uh one of our uh one of our fans also uh sent us a uh looks like a uh the movie uh Doctor Gift, is it? You play a police officer yes. in this? Uh the, the movie poster looks yes. like something like out of Bioshock or something. Are are you wearing a mask in yes. that one too? No. Uh my buddy Bo is uh Doctor Gift in that particular film. I am a nineteen eighteen police officer. Um uh, Funny story, you know, again, this, uh, the indie film community is, like I said, it's a family, and we bump into each other several times. Um, Bo and I got to be in three films so far together, and a uh, really great guy, and I look forward to working with him again. But he's, uh, he, he plays the lead in uh, Dr. Gift. You know, and I'm kind of curious, when that happens, like, uh, when, you, uh, when you're in one movie, and then you work with one person, and then uh, you uh, go to uh, – and then, you, like several years later, then you're in another movie, and then like, like, hey, you, we were in a movie together a couple years ago. Does that does that ever happen, or is that like, not a a thing? Oh yeah, 
Yeah, it's exciting stuff. I mean, a lot of us are, you know, a lot or the overwhelming majority of us are friends on either Instagram and or Facebook. So, uh, you know, we see who's cast and, you know, we check out each other's IMDb accounts and we're like, oh, I see you're in these couple movies coming up. That's cool. Um, and then, like you said earlier, if there's something that um, somebody thinks that somebody would be perfect for for a role, uh, a perfect example, um, I was in uh, Roseblood, uh, which is a Friday the 13th fan film. Um, that was actually the first film that I shot. And uh, I met uh, a guy named DJ there. He was in that movie. And then because of him, he um, suggested me for both The Naughty List and for Depravity. So those two films are solely because of his recommendations. So like I said, those I don't know if I would have been able to audition or would have even known about those films had it not been for him. So obviously appreciative for that. So, uh, so basically, the, I guess you could say that uh, because uh, someone uh, was nice enough to pitch you and help you out, uh, you'd be willing to help uh, somebody like me, uh, like get in a, a scene where uh, I would get like shot right away. It definitely, that's that's what it's all about, <laughs> right there. <laughs> Can I? Uh, we have uh, Sean Thompson, yes, here. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Matthias, go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to quickly say, when you guys were talking about the potato sack stuff, I just want to say, he said <laughs> that he got a lot of head contact, you know, without warning or, like, that he wasn't expecting. Did you actually know that the term for a headshot that you were not supposed to get or were not expecting is actually called a potato? That's actually the term in professional <laughs> wrestling. So I just wanted to mention that really quick. That's awesome. I didn't know that, and it's definitely rather fitting based on what I had on my head. That's perfect. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. I'm like, you were talking about the potato sack and stuff, and I was going to let you guys have your conversation, but I did want to mention that an actual term for a connection to the head that's not supposed to happen or that you that happens to you is actually called a potato. That's awesome. Perry, There's a funny Perry story Saturn, a wrestler was. Film. Yeah, because Perry Saturn was a very professional uh, a wrestler that was very infamous for throwing potatoes, as they would say. That um, there's in that particular film, I was working with um, a lady that I was fighting in that movie, and she was a phenomenal martial artist. I mean, she was a precision You, you didn't fighter. get beat up by a girl, did you? A little bit, because uh, in this one, I'm basically <laughs> a demon that a demon that knows no skills. So basically, I just had to keep walking, and she just kept kicking and punching. So. Yeah, I had to refrain from blocking anything, which was very strange to do, just kind of let them happen. But uh, her precision, she, she uh, uh, right roundhouse kicked to the ribs, um, and she got within a millimeter, and we did about 10 or 12 takes, and she hit the exact same spot over and over and over. Fast forward about a week and a half, and I was having trouble doing deep, you know, getting deep breaths in. So I figured maybe she cracked her rib. I was like, all right, let me just go check to see. It's not that big of a deal, but let's just go see. And they said it was, I'd got an x-ray. It wasn't cracked. So I guess just some muscle got torn in between the ribs, but props to her for being able to hit a, the exact same spot every single time. <laughs> now, did you, did you let her know that, uh, did you contact her and say, uh, Hey, you know, you hurt me. No, I wouldn't. I, I, did, I gave her props that she's got a seriously good punch because I got a, I posted on Instagram and, and shared with her that uh, this nice big welt that I had on my forearm from uh, a couple shots that she gave me. But uh, I didn't until now. She doesn't know that uh, she came close to cracking the rib. <laughs> Ooh. 
So, well, let me ask you this. Uh, during filming, uh, we have uh, Sean Thompson, our guest here, and uh, uh, I, I know that uh, it's getting late, Sean, and I do appreciate you sticking up with it. we got, we got, we got five minutes left, I promise. Uh, now, have you ever um, had a mishap happen on set where you actually uh, did get cut or uh, bruised or black and blue or anything like that? Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, I mean, I... I... I am more cautious with other people than I am myself because, again, in martial arts, as probably in wrestling, when you're practicing and training, you get hit, you get kicked, so you kind of get used to the fact that it's going to happen. But I would never want that to happen to somebody else, so I'm very, very cautious with respect to anybody else and the angles that they're going to be hit or kicked with so that there's no way that they can get hurt, more so than I am about somebody with me. So... Yeah, I've had bruises, uh, you know, I guess you'd call it a potato on my head, Uh, nice big welt on my forehead. Uh, Like I said, bruised ribs, uh, forearms, black and blue. It, you know, it goes away. It's not that big of a deal. You get used to it. But like I said, for somebody else that isn't used to something like that, uh, obviously take extra precaution to make sure any kind of throws are done as safely as possible. There's lots of mats. Um, they, again, you can throw a punch or a kick and, you know, have the camera in a specific spot so you can be pretty clear of um, anything happening and still make it look like there was serious contact. Now, uh, what is the longest period that you, you've ever you've ever been on set, like, in a day? What is the longest time and what would, was it your shortest time? Um, I guess in the house at East Flesh would probably be the longest. It was 22 hours, probably 20 to 22 hours a day, three days in a row, back to back to back. Um, and back uh, from that as a matter of fact, fell asleep, in, fell asleep in the airport on that one. I actually asked the guy that was sitting in a chair, I said, I haven't slept in three days. Can you do me a favor and uh, just make sure I don't miss my flight? I just slept right there on the floor in the airport. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm guessing you, you did make your flight, though, right? I made my flight, yes. Very nice guy. He said, I'm going to go eat, so I just wanted to wake you up. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. Now, uh, now with, uh, you know, and I'll understand if you don't want to answer this question, uh, but now when they, um, when you're on set, uh, uh, I know with the, like, the Screen Actors Guild, I, I know there's, like, rules of, like, uh, now do, uh, would you get, like, uh, compensation before you get there? Uh, you get compensation per day or after the film comes out, then they send you a royalty check? Um, most of the stuff I do, the majority of the stuff I do is, I guess you'd call it pro bono. Um, I Very few films have I actually been paid for. I just kind of look at it as this is my hobby and this is my passion and this is, uh, this is what I do for fun. And, you know, uh, and thankfully, I, I have a. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I was going to say, and thankfully, I, I'm a, like I said, I'm a software developer, and, and that takes care of the expenses and affords me the ability to be able to do this for the other, you know, the trips and those kind of things um, out of my pocket. So, in that instant, in, in that instance, I'm in, in that regard, I'm very blessed to be able to do this. You know, and uh, I'm I'm looking at a picture of uh, the house that eats flesh, and I, I, I'm 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 seeing a picture of uh, the the bag that you're wearing. I mean, that looks like that looks like that could be hard to breathe because there's like you just have, your eyes are just open. I, I mean, how this was it hard to breathe in that thing? It was a little hot. Yeah, I mean, the burlap sack goes <laughs> down over the top of the neck and over top of the you're you know wearing 
two out, you know, two shirts on top of each other, and uh, the bag goes over top of all of it. So, uh, you know, thankfully, Baghead didn't have a lot of uh, high energy moves. <laughs> it was basically just a, <laughs> a, a a walking demon that just beats the holy hell out of anybody he comes in contact with. So. And have they let you know when uh, the movie is scheduled to be released? Haven't heard yet. Like I said, they're supposed to be filming the final segment of it, um, I believe, in the next few weeks. I think I saw Josh post about that recently. And uh, so I'm not sure what the turnaround time will be for that, hopefully this year. And, you know, the cool thing is in the film, like you said, you're going to get cre- uh, you're going to have uh, when the credits roll at the end, you're going to have a credit for two uh, roles, which is really awesome. Yeah, yeah, I was, um, and I'm happy. I'm, I'm actually happy that I got that because uh, when I told my mom about the role, she was like, uh, "So let me get this straight. You're essentially going to be a predominant role in this entire movie, and we don't get to see your face the entire time." And I was like, "Yes, no." <laughs> so thankfully, I got to play Mark, and in Mark's for Mark's brief role in the film, you actually get to see my face, so she'll be happy. Well, you know, it's kind of like what uh, what uh, Waylon Jennings said back in the day. I'm a good old boy. I know my mom loves me, but I, they don't understand why they keep showing my hands and not my face on TV. You know. There you go. There you go. Uh, well, we got to wrap this up here. We got about the sixty seconds. So, uh, Sean, if our fans want to check you out, you got a Facebook, a YouTube, an Instagram, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? <laughs> um, you can find me on Facebook uh, on IMDb. I'm Sean Alexander Thompson. Um, I added my middle name because that way uh, there's only one of me out there. And as embarrassing as it is on uh, Instagram, I'm also Sean Alexander Thompson. I don't have a really cool handle like you're supposed to have on Instagram because I'm 51, so I'm not cool. Um, those are the only three places that I have anything currently. Um, yeah, check out the work. We got some amazing. We got some amazing stuff coming down the pike, and I'm enthusiastic as hell to be a part of it. Um, if I can give a shout out, if it's okay. Sure, go ahead. Okay, just I have uh, the most amazing girlfriend who. Uh, allows me the ability to take these trips and basically be gone for a weekend. They were gone for a week. Uh, unbelievably supportive, amazing. I got to give a props to her because very few people I know that would be uh, supportive to say, you're going to be heading out for a week and a half or you're going to be gone for a weekend. So, you know, all credit to her for allowing me to do this. And uh, uh, I know we talked about this off air. And uh, real quick here, if our fans go to our Facebook page, as you air Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to 89.1 Kent's Have Fan page, like that. Do a $10 month donation. You'll get automatically qualified to win an autograph from a past guest, a current guest, or a future guest. Uh, and I know, uh, Sean, you'll be able to send us a few autographs, I hope. Yeah, I'm going to send you some of them from uh, The House That Eats Flesh. It's actually Baghead's first kill on The House That Eats Flesh. I'll autograph those and send several out to you guys. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Sean, we do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule at such, uh, sh- uh, such short notice, and we do appreciate it, and we appreciate you uh, stayed up this late uh, to uh, join our audience tonight. We do appreciate it. You're awesome, sir, and we'll definitely have you on again. I appreciate you guys allowing me the time to be on your show, and I look forward to it. Have a wonderful night. Thanks, bud. All right. Sean uh, Thompson, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a big show again coming up next week. Uh, and uh, we deliver the goods every Monday night from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time every Monday night on 89.1 Ken's FM. And uh, until next week, uh, Granny, we'll see you next week. Matthias will be looking you straight in the eye next week, uh, and we want everybody to be safe. 
to love each other, to care for each other, and join us at the same time, same channel, same everything next week. Until then, we love you. We'll see you next week. You think you know me. for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. We are listener-supported radio, so the programming you hear on our station is funded by our members and these local and area businesses. I'd like to tell you about a new restaurant and catering service available in Fargo-Moorhead. It's Brothers Table and the Meridian Event Center, located at 1500 11th Street North in Moorhead. They prepare fresh, made-to-order lunches and dinners for dine-in, to-go, or to take and bake. They're open 11 to 7, Monday through Friday, and can be reached at 218-512-0258. They're also on the web at brotherstable.com. The Meridian Event Center has room for up to 280 people, perfect for wedding parties, get-togethers, or concert events. More information is available on their website or also on their Facebook page. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNMV, Holly Fargo-Moorhead. Independent Public Radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. From Feature Story News in Hong Kong, I'm Richard Kimber. Chinese state media says no survivors have been found as searches continue amongst the scattered wreckage of a China Eastern Airlines Boeing passenger jet that crashed on Monday. 132 people were on board. Chinese President Xi Jinping has called for an all-out rescue operation and investigation into the crash, China's worst air disaster in over a decade. Tracking data appeared to show the Boeing 737-800 jet nosedive into a mountainside shortly before it was due to begin its descent into the southern city of Guangzhou. The flight's operator, China Eastern Airlines, one of the world's largest carriers by passenger numbers, has grounded all of its Boeing 737-800 jets. Chinese airlines operate more than 1,000 of those aircraft, more than any other country globally. Boeing said it would do everything it can to support the investigation. Shares in China Eastern Airlines slumped in early Hong Kong trade, mirroring falls in Boeing in the U.S. in Monday's trading there. U.S. President Joe Biden has held a call with four European leaders to discuss the continuing war in Ukraine and diplomatic efforts to achieve a ceasefire. Nick Harper reports from Washington. The leaders of the U.S., the U.K., France, Germany and Italy spoke for almost an hour, with the White House saying they discussed their serious concerns about Russia's brutal tactics in Ukraine, including its attacks on civilians. They discussed providing extra security assistance to the country. All of this ahead of a planned trip by President Biden this week to meet NATO and European leaders in person, his first visit to the continent since the conflict began. He'll also travel to Poland, the White House announcing the additional leg of his trip, where he'll likely be confronted with the humanitarian fallout. 
Poland being the country that has taken in the vast majority of the now three and a half million Ukrainians who fled their homeland. I'm Nick Harper in Washington. And Japan has condemned Russia's decision to halt peace treaty talks about an ongoing territorial dispute between the two nations. The Russian foreign ministry said it would suspend negotiations in response to sanctions Tokyo imposed over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Phoebe Amoroso reports from Tokyo. Prime Minister Kishida called Moscow's actions extremely unjust and absolutely unacceptable and reiterated Japan's position regarding the dispute remained unchanged. Both countries claim a group of islands to Japan's north, which are under Russian control. They have not signed a peace treaty since the end of the Second World War due to the issue. Japan has adopted a tough stance on Russia over its invasion of Ukraine, imposing strict sanctions and removing Russia's trade status as a most favored nation. Moscow has accused Tokyo of unfriendly actions. In addition to suspending peace talks, it said it would also halt a visa-free program allowing former Japanese residents to periodically visit the disputed islands. Phoebe Amoroso, Tokyo. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. Today, the impassioned plea of a top Ukrainian government official who says the humanitarian crisis in the city of Mariupol on the Black Sea could be easily resolved if only Ukrainian forces were given the fighter jets they need to break the siege. Andriy Zagorodnyuk is Ukraine's former defense minister. He's a current advisor to the country's vice prime minister. He calls the Russian siege of Mariupol a living hell days after the city ran out of food, water and medical supplies. I mean, they don't disclose their intentions, but what they're doing is they're not letting people out. If we can close that from the air, we can, we can, we can unblock it. So it's unblockable if we have an air support. But since we don't have the air support, it's, uh, we cannot get through. So in order to get through and save these hundreds of thousands of people, we need at least some air support from, uh, from Western countries. But Western countries are not giving it yet. And despite of what we're asking, they're nowhere, nowhere again. It's as simple as that. The, the world is, uh, doesn't have an answer yet to this, and uh, we're just, we just uh, running out of time. Evacuees speak of people draining radiators in a search for drinkable water, and of Mariupol's residents terrified that the Russians are trying to force them not only to leave the city, but to travel only to Russia itself, where they may be detained. We'll have more on that tomorrow. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. The main headlines again. Chinese state media says no survivors have been found as searches continue amongst the scattered wreckage of a China Eastern plane that crashed on Monday. 132 people were on board. U.S. President Joe Biden has held a call with four European leaders to discuss the continuing war in Ukraine and efforts to achieve a ceasefire. And Japan has condemned Russia's decision to halt peace treaty talks about an ongoing territorial dispute between the two nations. And that's the latest feature story news. Richard Kimber reporting. Australian music has found a home in Minnesota and North Dakota. Tune in every Sunday between 4 and 6 p.m. for the...